0: Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach, and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today, I have Erin Ashley on the podcast. She is the founder of Erin Wellness. She is a speaker, number one best-selling author, on-air radio personality and holistic health coach. She's a strong believer in the holistic intuitive approach, and her latest venture of support supplements are a result of personal experience with adrenal weight management and sleep issues. And We will be talking about her product line, which I'm super, super excited to talk about because it um, addresses things that we're going to talk about today. So we're going to go into her story with her health, health issues regarding things like eating disorders and adrenal fatigue and weight loss, etc. So really excited to share this episode with you guys. So let's dive right in. Welcome, Erin, all to the podcast today. I am so stoked to delve into a lot of really cool topics with you and go through a lot of your experience and your knowledge and your expertise. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So first off, I always like to have my guests introduce themselves, kind of talk about how they got into what they're doing now. So if you could start with a little bit of a summary of your journey, that would be great.
1: Sure, I can. Um, Well, my name is Erin Ashley. And um, let's see about my dad was a bodybuilder. My mom was a figure skating coach. So athletics and aesthetics was always very important in my household growing up as a child. Um, In my later 20s, I actually got into personal training training. And I was one of the head trainers at Valley Total Fitness in Yorkville in Toronto. And it was then I did nutrition and training, all sorts of stuff. And um, I had an opportunity. I also competed for 13 years. And it was in that I actually had an opportunity to take a position as an account manager with a company called PVL in Alberta. And I took that and I did quite well and then I was transferred from another company to Toronto, and then they moved me out here to Vancouver. So I've been in the supplement um, industry now for about 15, 17 years now. Um, I had pro shops inside of fitness centers. I was a trainer. I'm a holistic health coach. So I've always – this has kind of been my – this is my happy place in my heart space. So I'm really blessed that I get to not only – Um, work in an area that I love, but it's also my passion as well. So, and from that, of course, my products and then all my stuff with food and um, eating disorders and adrenal fatigue, all kind of webbed in all there. (laughs) So...
0: Yeah, I hear that a lot, especially when it comes to healthcare practitioners, we usually have a trigger that kind of, you know, sets us off, and then we go into finding our passion around kind of helping people. So I totally understand what you mean, and it is a blessing to be able to balance the work with the passion and combine it together. So um, I know you have had a few struggles. Yes. Are you able to first talk a little bit about uh, your story with bulimia?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Last November, we um, launched, or I launched my book, Bulimia to Balance, um, and I was really uh, blessed that it came to, sorry, that was my dog sneezing in the background. <laughs> I was really blessed it went to uh, number one on Amazon in five different categories, which was really amazing. Um, but basically, I, when I was 16 years old, um, I was always quite a big girl, very large girl, And my parents, actually when I was 13, my parents were trying to get a hold of my issues of weight. They put me in Weight Watchers. They monitored my food. They were very strict on my calories. Um, They were mom, you know, bringing me shakes to lunch at school. Just wanted me to, I guess, fit in. They were so worried about me not being liked. And I was bullied quite a bit as a child. So I remember I was in class one day talking to one of the boys, and he told me that um, his sister had anorexia and bulimia, and kind of all I heard in my little, you know, pubescent mind was, hold on a second here, she's eating what she wants, and she's skinny. And so that was the first time I went home that night, and uh, I binged and I purged. And I didn't realize then that that would end up actually being a 25-year battle, and um, so... I, when I got into Toronto, when I moved to Toronto as a trainer at Ballet's Total Fitness, I was competing, and I was still really struggling with my bulimia and my all-again mentality with food, all, you know, all-or-nothing mentality with food, and um, when I competed for the first time it was the only time I'd ever not had an issue with my binging and purging, and that's because everything was so structured, and so I thought I was kind of cured, and um, then, of course, I wasn't, there was an article, we did an article in Oxygen Magazine, how I triumphantly, you know, recovered from bulimia. But then the show ended and I tailspun back into my eating disorder. And if you're somebody who has not had an eating disorder and that doesn't resonate with you, I think what we can all resonate is there's something in our life that we will say, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Sunday. I'm going to start on New Year's, right? So there's always that something, whether it be food or shopping or gambling or whatever it is, we all have a thing. And this was my thing. And um, so the only time I was ever kind of free of it really was when I competed. So I just kept competing. So I competed for 13 years. And then I kind of, when I got pregnant with my daughter, Michaela, I thought, you know, maybe it's this whole fitness thing. Maybe that's why I have an issue with this eating disorder. I couldn't get rid of it or I couldn't stop. And I wasn't going to ask for help. And so when I got pregnant with her, I basically said, okay, I'm going to not work out anymore. I'm just going to like relax and by the, then I'll be okay. But of course that didn't help because then I was really unhappy and unhealthy and um, I was still struggling with it. So about, I think it was about four or five years ago, her father and I had split up and I still had bouts of it here and there. And I was in the bathroom and I had gone up and binged and I'd gone upstairs and I heard a little knock on the door and this was the first time she'd been locked out. And I think if you have children, you understand, you kind of hand over your privacy keys when you have children. And, um, so I heard the little voice on the other side, like, mommy, what are you doing? And when you're somebody who's, this was a very methodical process for me, you know, hair in the bun, arms, like sleeves rolled up, dropped to my knees. It was a thing I did so much in my life. And as I rose up, when I kind of caught my reflection in the mirror, I, it was a reflection I've seen many times, right? The vomit, everything like that. But when I looked at it, I realized if I didn't get a grip on this, that little voice on the other side of the door, that could be her, this could be her doing this because my disorder relationship with food was going to affect her. She was going to see me restricting. She was going to see my unhealthy relationship that I had with food and my body. And it was at that point was really my aha moment, you know, as the great Oprah Winfrey coined. And um, I really made a resolution that I had to get a grip on this. And that's when I began to delving, delving into like cognitive behavioral therapy, and really, um, I did some drastic measures. There was no triggers in the house. I had no alcohol for a while. Um, I didn't want to put myself in a state where I wasn't clear and conscious about what my choices were. Um, I became really clear with my friends and my family where I was with my eating disorder. And um, I, you know, if I was in a point where I felt that trigger kick in or I heard that little bulimic Aaron talking, I would immediately change my state, go for a walk, leave the house um, and that's something that, you know, slowly over time, you know, I haven't had an issue with food in years, and I, I never, ever, ever thought I'd be free from that, ever. And I can, you know, very safely say that I have not had an episode or had issues in many years. I'm not saying bulimic McAaron still isn't there, and she doesn't show up periodically when I'm stressed, but now I see her more as a friend. So it's a little bit of a different relationship now I have with it. So that's kind of the synopsis a little bit. It goes, I go into more detail in the book, but that kind of breaks it down a little bit as to a little bit of the journey with it.
0: Wow. What an incredible story. And just being able to heal, especially when it comes to like a holistic way of healing, because I know I've dealt with disordered eating as well. And there definitely is that notion of control. Like we have mm-hmm. to have some control in our lives. And it's usually yeah. because something else is under the surface right and a lot of us want to control that with exercise or calorie counting or dieting but dieting as we both know is not the answer so for you as well were you did you reach out for help at one point or did you kind of figure out what were the triggers for this for you
1: um, I well, I had a really. I think the big thing is, no matter what you're going to change in your life, you have to have a strong why. And my daughter was my why. That's about the strongest why I think I'll ever have. Right, I was making a choice for her and her well-being. So that was my why. Um, my mom's a guidance counselor and you know my mom helped me write the book and we had a lot of moments I mean her putting me in Weight Watchers at 13 she was just she's like "Aaron, I'm so sorry like I didn't know better I thought I was helping you you know like she thought those were great things you know which is actually very interesting now with the Weight Watchers app coming out I think I was I was the only I'm the only 13 year old I think who I've ever talked to or a person who's ever was 13 in Weight Watchers so I think I'm kind of like a and a case study for what that uh. can do, and they're too young, but you know, and it didn't work. Um, yeah, but um, my mom really kind of helped me with it, and really just I just really knew. I mean, I have had so many health issues because of it. I have you know, every tooth, my you know, people always tell me I have beautiful teeth, that's because every single one has been replaced because I've had to. I've had implants all across, like, I have a small car in my mouth in value, <laughs> so you know, um. <laughs> I I just really realized I wanted so badly to get a hold of it. And I never, I really, my cousin, and he's a male, he's anorexic, which is usually very, it's not very often you hear that. And um, my mom had said to me years back when he first started, she's like, when they first realized he had such a problem, she said to me, she's like, would you go talk to Luke and tell him it's going to be okay? And I'm like, I can't say that. I go, because he will always have this. It's never going away. And that's really what I believed. I believed once you had it, that was it. You're always going to have an issue with food. So to be on the other side is really um it's actually it's a I marvel at it sometimes to think, wow, like I can have a bite of chips and I don't derail. And that would have completely derailed me, even one, right? To a binge. So to be in a point now where I can trust my body and connect more with my body and get more mindful. Um, and that's a big part of my whole message, whether it be at the supplement line or anything, is looking at a holistic approach, right? The, what you're thinking, what your, you know, your thoughts, create your feelings, create your actions. And a lot of the time we have to work with the, you know, the patterns we have before we can start making changes. So.
0: And do you think that there are triggers, like do triggers still come up for you or are there some people who have a more difficult time with this sort of thing? Are there some people that are more prone to this sort of thing um, throughout their life?
1: I definitely, I mean, I still have triggers for sure, right? I mean, it was very interesting. I did a, um, my daughter and I do uh, workout segments for Optimize Magazine, and we're in one coming up in January. Mom, daughter, rebounder workouts, really fun. And, but we, So I've competed for years. I've done a lot of fitness modeling stuff. And whenever I've been in magazines, I've always, you know, been almost show ready. So that's not realistic for one thing. And it's really important for me to show her that you can be happy and healthy in your body, and that's not dieting or restricting. But when I was getting ready for this photo shoot, we did it about two, three weeks ago. I began to notice like I wanted to restrict food. I began to become very conscious of what I was eating. But in that, that little bulimic like Erin showed up as well, because she's still there. She doesn't go anywhere, <laughs> you know? And I was kinda it's kinda like the, you know, the devil and the angel on the shoulders. And we're kinda thinking like, wow, you're still here. And I'm like, okay. I see you. So what I know is anytime I put restrictive behaviors into myself or apply restrictive behaviors and I can't have something, I think for one, the little girl, Erin comes out and she's like, I'm going to have whatever I want because all of a sudden then I wanted so much more food than I'd wanted before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just being aware of, you know, how that shows up for me and that I really had to do some self-talk where I'm like, that is not you know, being shredded, as I do the little, you know, finger quotes, is not healthy. That's not my definition of healthy. You know, I'm a size 10 and I work out and I take care of my body and, and I want my daughter to, you know, sometimes a size 12, whatever it is, but I want my daughter to see that healthy is not a size, you know, it really is not. It's about whole, you know, everything, right? It's how you think, it's how you feel, it's how you move, it's how you treat others, it's the food you eat, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, right? The whole holistic idea. So, but I think, and you know, I'm being prone to it. I, I don't discuss dieting with my daughter. We don't discuss weight. Um, we talk about food. She understands macros. I'm very careful about the conversations I have with her. Um, I want them to be very empowering around her body and also around food, that food is a great thing, you know, and she doesn't need to be scared of it. Um, so I think that's it too. I think our language with, our kids and creating mindfulness with them, connecting with their bodies are really important. I think that's ways we can probably alleviate, you know, hopefully some of the stuff that goes on.
0: Oh, yeah. And I can 100% relate with the control and the restriction. Uh, When I was going through um, orthorexia and binge eating, it was all about, you know, what can we restrict even more like tomorrow. And then the more I restricted, the worse it got. And the less I restricted, the better got. So yeah, it's interesting. The more you say you can't have something, the more you want it, right? It's like a human condition. But if there was...
1: Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I don't know if that's also like the little kid in us, you know, when the parents like, don't touch yep. that. And you're just
0: going you to touch, touch it so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, a, You'll have a, that. It's
1: <laughs> so funny, right? So it's like the minute somebody tells you can't have it, you're like, but I want it and I want all of it.
0: <laughs> so, yep. And we think yeah. controlling it is going to be better, but it just backfires in our face, right? So 100%, 100%. not the right way to go. But if there yeah. were maybe one or two takeaways that you could share with the audience about your kind of healing journey and what that kind of looks like or what, is really needed to heal? Could you share maybe one or two takeaways? Course, yeah. um, I mean, I, ad-
1: I think everybody's really individualistic, obviously, mm-hmm. and different. And for me, what I really recognized when I began really looking into it, a lot of the time with, um, before what they do with people with eating disorders is they've made the meat, right? So they would make the meat food and sit there and watch them. And that doesn't work. What they do now, a lot of the time, is they practice a lot more, um, you know, whether it's more, if you want to be controlled food, okay, this is your meal, so you bring your meals with you, very similar to what a fitness competitor did, does. So for a while there, I planned my meals because that made me feel safe, right? I was able to know what I was eating. I made sure I was eating proper food. I had no triggers in the house. I think anybody who's trying to, you know, start a new health regime or, or, you know, maybe if they're a sugar addict or whatever it is, you have to remove the the items from your house. Right. So that's a big thing too. For me, it was at least for a couple of years. Um, but I found control. I operate very good in control. So planning my meals became a really good thing for me. Um, and then on top of that too, was a lot of, uh, journaling. That was a really big thing. You know, when I was stressed, having somebody to talk to those were, I mean, if I think of two key things for me, it was recognizing, recognizing my own, what, what worked for me because it's not going to work for somebody else that worked really well for me because I operate really well in that space with having things, you know, packaged up and ready to go. Um, and then also being able to have somebody or someone or a journal or something in which you can express what's going on, right? And realizing that stuffing myself silly with food wouldn't fill any void I was feeling. And sometimes you have to just feel it, right? So that's also another thing as well. Um, being really mindful of my, my emotions and how I try to stuff that with food. And sharing that when I that showed up for me,
0: I love it. Journaling for sure is one that I definitely recommend as well. And even just being aware and feeling emotions because I think a lot of the time we are scared of feeling any any negative emotions. But when we actually let ourselves feel it, it's like it's not that bad. It's we're not going to die, right? So and they are actually great feedback messages. So yeah, Yeah. definitely 100% agree with that. Thank you for sharing. And I know you are also an expert on adrenal fatigue, so I'd love for you to link um kind of how eating disorders can feed into adrenal fatigue and worse than that and what yeah. is adrenal fatigue because it is a term that's thrown around a lot um okay. it's not really a scientific term but um if you could kind of explain what that means first of all and then kind of link the two together
1: yeah sure i mean so uh, you know we when we're in a state of um when we're in a state of uh, I was going to say shock, not shock. When we get um, scared or when something happens, um, you get chased by a bear. Let's say I am chased by a bear, but I've definitely lost my child in the mall. Um, your body produces cortisol. And what that does is kind of that flight or flight flight moment, right? We're able to, you know, lift that car up off that baby or take action right there, um, which is a good thing. We want that, right? If that situations arise, it shuts down your reproductive system and your metabolism. So all your body can actually, you know, take care of the issue at hand. However, if we're constantly stressed and that's the case we're finding, I mean, I have studies that's what 63% of people are, you know, strongly uh, stressed on a day-to-day basis. Um, and during September, it goes up to 90% experience, high, you know, experiences of stress. So it's, <laughs> September's
0: definitely a stressful time. Um, um, good so good some, thing that this episode is coming out in September then. <laughs>
1: there we go. So if we constantly stressed, our body's constantly pumping out cortisol. So it's going to have an effect on our body, right? And so you're, you know, your um, adrenals on top of your kidneys. And so they kind of constantly pump that out. And that's not what you want to have happen. We really want to learn how to, to balance our stress, control our stress. And it's not just taking supplements. That's one of the things I talk about in my talks. The most important thing I think with stress is to really start looking at the way we're thinking. Um, it's like if you're, You want to go on a diet and you take a fat burner and you sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day. If you have a bunch of, you know, ashwagandha and wonderful support supplements for your adrenals and for your cortisol levels, but you're not able to control the way you're thinking and your stress and your stress thoughts, it's not going to help you. So I think the first thing with, you know, um, stress care is really gain a hold of what your thoughts are. Cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, um, when you see yourself tail spinning, instead of that, catch yourself, you know, take a breath. Do some meditative practices, um, take a stress timeout. I think all that stuff is really important, and that becomes more of the holistic side of things, right? Um, and for myself, how I kind of um, realized I had adrenal fatigue was once I came out the other side after my eating disorder, my body just basically kind of stopped responding to a certain degree. I. You know, my, um, I had a lot of abdominal fat. I had chronic exhaustion all the time and I had insomnia because my cortisol levels were so off and my melatonin was off as well. So I'd be up at three in the morning and then I'd crash at three in the afternoon. And um, so I began to discuss a good friend of mine as a formulator. He's really well known. He's known as the supplement godfather. And um, I kind of went to him and said, I'm taking adrenal support products right now, but I'm still crashing at three o'clock. And so he said, well, let me figure out something for you. And so what he did was he actually formulated Restore for me, and basically it has wonderful cortisol you know, balancing and supportive properties and adrenal supportive properties, but it also has an ingredient called bacopa in it, which is a flower we have in our back garden, and that helps the cognitive benefits. So when you take it in mid-afternoon, it carries you right through the day, so you don't have that 3 o'clock crash, and it also supports your adrenals. And in that, he began looking at a night support product, and that was part of the other reason why is I don't – have a product time going to sleep, I get up at three in the morning. So I don't need to have something when I go to sleep. It's almost like I need something in that middle of the night phase to kind of put me back to sleep and still have me get up rested in the morning. And with that one, that's where we came up with snooze because there's no melatonin in it. And what it really does is when I get up at three, cause I go to the bathroom every day at three, I can take it, go to the bathroom, come back in, go to bed. And I'm up at six and I still have a sleep hangover and I go back into deep REM sleep. So it's a real kind of um, brother, sister, daytime, nighttime product, adrenal support product. So that was kind of the premise, how we came to it. And um, about six months after using it, then, um, you know, the stars aligned and I had an opportunity and an opening in the sense of my job and my career. And I was able to launch both products. And, um, yeah, it's been really wonderful to hear the feedback and have, you know, people tell me how much they love them. Um, and that's kind of how that's kind of all tied in, but, with that too, what I, you know, I'm very strong. I really strongly emphasize that with people when they come to the talk as well. You know, if you are, unless you start, you have to do some sort of practice to get your stress under control and then you have a supplement. That's why it's called a supplement, right? So mm-hmm. that's really important to me. Same with snooze. You know, if you're, you have to, you know, have, darkness in your bedroom try to get some bright lights during the day to help with your melatonin production um make sure you don't look at blue light before you go to bed you know have a same practice every night before you go to sleep be consistent with your sleep time there's all the other different sleep hygiene um, things you must do i think in order to have a good night's sleep and then if you can't have a good night's sleep after practicing putting these into place then have a supplement that will help you right so that's a big part of my message is it's not just um, take a bunch of pills <laughs> and everything's going to be okay. It really is um, looking at your lifestyle, looking at the choices and the changes you can make to make sure you're living your best self. And if that does require a supplement, then, you know, I believe that restorant students are both great alternatives to that. So,
0: Yeah. We always got to start with the foundations, lifestyle, nutrition, and then add on to that. hundred percent agree. Are these supplements that we can take every day ongoing long-term
1: um well with restore I mean in the summer I didn't take restore at all but I wasn't stressed (laughs) so you know I was good Usually,
0: stressful for most people I wasn't
1: stressful at all I felt great I came back in September and it was yep I started taking my restore again (laughs) Um, famous news I had somebody said to me they're like what if I don't wake up in the middle of the night I said well then you save yourself a bill it lasts longer than 30 days you know so I think that's it too um But, and as you said, too, I want to say as well, nutrition, too. I mean, magnesium-rich foods before I go to bed. Making sure with your adrenals, that and you know this, too, right? Having good whole foods, right? Um, Not processed foods. All those different things. Reducing your caffeine. There's so many other different things that go into it, not just, you know, thinking happy thoughts. That's a big part of it. But nutrition, as well. And then supplementation on top of that. But, um, yeah, you can, I mean, they're a a one-a-day. That was another thing that I made them, vegan, non-GMO. That was a big thing to me. It was the one-a-day thing. I'm not... um, I always forget to take my stuff, so I wanted it to be simple for people as well.
0: And so, how going back to adrenal fatigue, how does somebody know that they have an issue with this?
1: Well, you can actually go to the doctor and get tested, although it's not really—it's um, not seen as a real issue. Like, it's not seen as an actual scientific um, title, of adrenal fatigue. But you can go get a test of saliva test. Um, and you can do blood tests as well. But um, I basically just looked at my – I have a test on my website as well. at uh, aaronwellness.com. You can take – it's like a little quiz you can take. And it kind of tells you what levels you could be at. And um, if you're in the far extreme adrenal fatigue, then, you know, go to your doctor. Talk to them about things you can do because, you, you know, you want to make sure you're not actually – getting into anything worse or hurting yourself even worse um but for me it was really the crashing the exhaustion um the salt craving salty and sugary foods um all those kind of things really kind of led me to start using different properties like ashwagandha and um we also have um I've got sorry. We've got ashwagandha in there. We've got Chinese hawthorn in there. We put the bacopa, stragulus, all those different ingredients together, and they've just kind of all of them together have worked really beautifully in this formula. So
0: amazing! I just love all of those herbs. I love herbs in general because they're just. They help modulate whatever's going on in the body, right? It's not like they just do one thing either, and they're just so healing. So yeah, anything with herbs in it, I am a total fan. And you did talk about energy. Obviously, this impacts a lot of people. You know, having that 4 p.m. crash going to be mm-hmm. very connected to the adrenals as well as sleep. So if you have insomnia or if you wake up during the night. But another thing that it's also connected to that we don't usually think about is weight gain. Are you able to yeah. kind of link those two together?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was something else too, right, is the the stress. When you're stressed, if you think about when your body's releasing cortisol, it shuts down your, you know, in that flight or flight mode, your body's going to slow down your metabolism and your reproductive system and your digestive system. Everything's going to, you know, kind of come to a halt. So what I found is my metabolism was really, really messed up. And I had to look at the foods I was eating as well, right? I was was scared to eat carbs for so many years. So I really had to start incorporating carbs back into my diet, um, especially after coming off of a more of a competitor lifestyle. Um, but I found with, I found with the restore, or even just as, you know, supporting my adrenals a little bit more and more was that my body began to self-regulate as well. Um, I also looked at gut issues too. I always had a lot of gut issues. So glutamine was a big thing for me. Probiotics became a really big thing for me. Um, that was also something else that really helped me too, to be honest with you. And I think coming from the thing with weight gain with me, is a little different is because I struggled with eating disorders for so long. I kind of found that my barometer of fullness was a little different than somebody else. So I really had to learn and be mindful about what full was because I'd binged and purged for so many years. I could could eat a lot of food, right? And so I really had to step into mindfulness of when I was full and to stop eating when I'm full instead of just finishing my whole plate or continuing eating, right? Because I don't feel full very often, it takes me a bit to feel full. And I think that's just from the years of binging, to be honest with you. Um, so I had to really look at what I was eating portion wise as well, portion wise. And then also, was I eating good, healthy, nutritious food? Was I eating high quality protein? Um, so that was another thing too, in the sense of weight gain. And I, I began operating more, um, I, I function better, I feel better, so it's not a weight loss thing, but I feel better when I have more higher fats and a little bit lower carbs. And I'm not saying low carbs like keto, low carbs, which is fine if that's something you'd like to do. Um, I found if I stay within about 100 to under 100 grams, I feel really great every day. And I don't count, but I just kind of know where I'm at usually. And that worked really well for me as well.
0: And so kind of summarizing different points for dealing with adrenal dysfunction and all of that, we were looking at obviously nutrition, the mindset work, you know, lifestyle, getting enough sleep, these herbal remedies. Um, anything else you'd like to add?
1: I think, well, if anybody's going to be, if you're really concerned as well, I think it's important to go to your medical practitioner or talk to your naturopath as well, right? And um, I always, I started taking notes on how food was making me feel. For years, I wrote down my calories and how much I was eating. And I shifted that to how does food make me feel? Am I full? How's my digestive system? How's my elimination? How's, I really began to track that. And then from that, I was able to say what food my body thrived or worked best with or worked better with. Right. And so then I know now there's certain foods that I, my body just doesn't, I don't feel good on them. I don't feel good when I have oats and oatmeal. I just don't, I crash really hard. I've just never felt really good on them. So I don't have them, but it's, it's not because I can't, it's because I know I don't feel good on them because I really started taking account as to how I'm feeling when I'm eating certain foods. So I think that's something else too, is to write how you're feeling is really important.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because I think we hear a lot of like, go gluten-free, go vegan, cut this, cut that, but then it gets very confusing and it's not for everybody, right? So I think the best way to actually, you know, to figure out what you should be eating is to actually see how you feel with it. Right. And then I can also kind of confirm, oh yeah, I really don't do well with dairy at all. I really feel horrible. Then you won't really want to eat it. Whereas if somebody tells you like, you can't eat cheese ever again, it's like we were saying, usually if somebody tells you you can't do something, you want it. And um, if you aren't really sure if it impacts your body or not, it's not really going to make like an impact or you're not really going to be able to make that decision. Whereas if you know how it affects your body, then it's, it's, you know, you just don't want it. So, definitely well, agree so, with that.
1: We're so often, I mean, I, and I can totally attest this, but we're so often so disconnected, right, from our bodies. Like we're, you know, somebody is on a you know new fad diet, and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, so you go do it just because they're on it. We're not connected to what we really need, and we're. I think you know, there's a lot of talk about intuitive eating and being mindful, but the thing is, before you can start kind of intuitive eating, well, you have to know. You have to really be connected to yourself and see what works best for you, what foods make you thrive. And that's where I think writing stuff down is really important, right?
0: Yep, I love it. 100% agree. Well, thank you, Erin. Where can we stalk you, find you, follow everything you're doing? Share with us what's going on.
1: Well, um, so I have a show on Pulsemo 7.7. I'm on that every morning at 845 and um you can stalk me at there's Aaron Wellness so it's dot wellness.com that's where the supplements are available the books i have cookbooks are on there um also link to the radio is on that site as well and then you can also of course follow us at aaron wellness um, on instagram and then aaron bella ashley on instagram for personally but those are both linked together so you can find me either way
0: amazing well i'll be sure to put all of those links in the show notes so we can follow everything that you just said thank you again so much for coming on i really appreciate having you on and it was a lovely chat thank you so much for having me hey thanks for listening to today's episode i hope you loved it as usual if you do i always appreciate a review or rating on itunes super easy to do just google it if you don't know how to do it it takes three seconds and it really does help me reach more people and also reach an audience who this type of information can really help. So I really appreciate it and appreciate all your support. I will talk to you guys next week.